Welcome to GalaxyCon Talks Comics with your hosts, Mike Broder and Patty Hawkins. Join us each week as we talk to some of the biggest names in the comic book industry, both past and present. Make sure to follow us online at GalaxyConTalksComics.com. Hi, and welcome to GalaxyCon Talks Comics with Mike and Patty. Good evening, Patty. Good evening, Mike. How are you tonight? I am I am uh, swell, as the, the kids say. We're going to jump right into this. We've got a, we've got a big show tonight. It's going to get really crowded in here, um, mm. but it's really cool. We've got uh, some gentlemen who are all a part of AWA Studios, which is the the new comic company that you know is is has some pretty impressive stuff coming out. Absolutely, and, uh, is headed by one of our you know one of our guests. You know, we'll start with Brent Schoonover. He's the artist of Devil's Highway for AWA Studios. You've seen his his art in the pages of Captain Marvel, Ant Man. Batman 66 and the WWE comics. Let's bring Brent on in that uh, beautiful 100-degree Minneapolis weather. We're, we're making it work. <laughs> we're surviving. Uh, Bob, how are you today, boss? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, as always, when we see art, we must ask about art. You've got some interesting stuff immediately behind you. You've got a retro Superman thing. What's that? Uh, that is from Metropolis, Illinois, a friend of mine. Okay. Who I- cool with uh ended up moving down there and working down there for a couple of years and he knew i'd be something i'd dig so i came back for christmas one year and he had it rolled up for me and it's a it's a really cool metropolis illinois safest uh safest streets in america poster it's uh ty templeton did the artwork for it they only That's made cool. like 200 of them so they're kind wow. of rare yeah he sent me two of them so i've, I've just I think it's a cool poster, and so yeah, uh, that. And then over on this side, or up oh, on that side, is just a bunch of my kids' art right now. So they keep bringing them in. I have two daughters; one's nine, and one is six, and they constantly bring in art. And like, I made this for you. And well, they, they are the best artists in the world. They are. They're the go. <laughs> they keep doing better. So, yeah. uh, what's the uh, body one immediately over your shoulder? Oh, there? That is an old movie poster for a Boris Karloff. Karloff movie called The Body Snatcher. Oh, The Body Snatcher. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, uh, That's a good one. Next to it is uh, I do a lot of poster work for the XL Energy Center in St. Paul, and that is for Weezer and the Pixies show that came by. I did uh, a poster for that, and that, that is cool. signed by both bands. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, pretty cool. So, I have the Pixies poster for when they came down here to Fall Order. Oh, do you? About a year and a half ago. That's awesome. Yeah. Our buddy, our buddy Dave did those posters. Oh, really? That's cool. Very cool. So, and then it's just a cluttery mess of art and comics in the back besides that. So <laughs> I wish I could say I spruced up, but I did. Now, do you give them, do you give them uh, insight? Like, oh no, the focal point's all wrong. No, no, no. You got a perspective. It's just like, what did daddy tell you about anatomy? Uh, you know, my daughter, my old son really got into figure drawing and stuff like that and drawing. For, uh, so have we started talking about perspective a little bit this recently, but uh, it's that fine line of just encouraging them and not, uh, yeah. them. so, you know, they're in that sure. stage where it's like, draw what makes you happy. And then, you know, we'll get into shading and perspective and all that here shortly, but uh, so, for now, just keep them happy. So <laughs> speaking of talented artists, mm-hmm. we'll bring on our next guest, Mike Diodato. He's the artist of the resistance and bad mother for AWA. He's been one of the industry's top artists for the past 25 years. On uh, Avengers, Elektra, The Hulk, Spider-Man, Thor, Wonder Woman, New Avengers, Amazing Spider-Man, Thunderbolts, Savage Avengers, you name it. Mm-hmm. Now he's here at AWA, uh, straight from uh, Brazil. Let's bring on Mike. Hey, everybody. Sure. Ah, hey, hey. Hello, young man. How are you? 
I'm good. Thank you. And we were talking to Mike about his art behind his uh, his desk earlier. Yeah, we have uh, Superman by Will Conrad. The art is on Red Border for Awa. And uh, Berserker Unbound, I just published last year with Jeff Lemire. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to bring on Ben Percy. He's the writer of Year Zero, Devil's Highway for AWA. Uh, writer of Wolverine, X-Force from Marvel. He's worked with DC, Dynamite on Green Arrow, Teen Titans, Nightwing, James Bond, and uh, the voice of an angel. <laughs> hey, everybody. Sir, how are you? I'm great. It's 100 degrees here in Minnesota, so I'm sitting in a puddle of primordial ooze right now. I was telling Brent earlier that a month ago it was like 36 degrees in Minneapolis. Yeah, that's my ideal temperature. I'm one of those sickos who loves the winter. Anything over 70 degrees in my heart melts. <laughs> Unreal. As 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 naturalized Floridians, yeah, it's like we, we're a big fan of uh, anything from 40 to 70. It's 100 we hardly get. Yeah, plus humidity. Um, we live north of the wall. <laughs> and I'm going to bring on our, our, our final guest for the evening. He is, last but not least, Axel Alonso is AWA's chief creative officer. He's the guy who uh, was putting this all together. He was uh, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics from 2011 to 2018, executive editor at Marvel from 2001 to 2011, and senior editor for DC's Vertigo from 94 to 2000. He's one of the industry's most influential figures for the past 25 years, and he's now leading the creative charge behind uh, the launch of AWA. So, uh, Axel... Straight from New York. And I'm only 27. So <laughs> fascinating. Karen brought you into Vertigo when you were like three. Exactly. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to find the best kid in the preschool I can get. Gonna <laughs> raise the the price. <laughs> was the yeah, it was the, it was the little it was the little goth kid in the corner, I guess. <laughs> I you, read a goth you, for the record. Oh, nope, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> My complexion's wrong for that. <laughs> Too dark. <laughs> so, Axel, AWA Studios. What's the what what can you tell us? It's you guys are, are brand new. You guys were just launching just as all this nonsense in the world started. Yeah. <laughs> you you we're, spent- we're a comic book company founded by Marvel executive Bill James and my and an entertainment executive, Jonathan Miller, that are looking to create, be the next big thing in comic books. And uh, we decided to launch right in the middle of a pandemic. It would be a lot of fun. It's a challenge. We decided, let's make a superhero universe that's born in a pandemic and then launch it during an actual pandemic for a, for a publicity stunt. And it worked out. <laughs> the good news is that we launched in March, but our sales have been wonderful. The response has been great. And we beat projections in all of our books, so we're very happy. Mm. Just last week, Doubles Highway by Brent and Ben sold out. And The Resistance was a phenomenal hit, cracking number 60 in the top 100 as a little indie book by Straczynski and Diodato. Wow. So we're here, we're here to we're having a lot of fun. We're telling I mean, brand new stories that span genres. You guys, you're yes, you are a small indie, but you have an amazing roster of talent. I mean, even just what's on screen with us right now. I mean, Mike has been, you know, one of the industry's top artists for, you know, the better part of, uh, you know, over two decades, you know, Brent and, and Ben are, are, are certainly no slashes themselves in the industry, 
you know, you got Straczynski, you've got, you know, uh, my buddy Jeff DeCal's doing, you know, uh, a bunch, you know, covers for you guys. You have a, such a deep roster. Frank Cho's working with you. It's this is this is not your average everyday, you know, indie. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's right. not. It's yeah. not. Goal, it's not five friends get, working out of the basement. Exactly. Our goal is to get the best people, both the superstars like Straczynski and Garth Ennis, and the people that we saw as being future superstars. You know, like I worked with Ben back at Marvel. On the, on the Wolverine podcast, had an amazing experience. He was one of the first people I called when I started at WA. Devil's Highway was one of the first projects I put together and acquired. Because I, I, I have an eye now, I've, you know, having discovered a lot of people from Brian Israel to Jason Aaron, you know, I just feel like, for me, it's about finding next talent, next big thing, the people that have a distinct voice, getting them when they're young. <laughs> yeah. Just like Karen did with you at Vertigo. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you've certainly done you've certainly done that. You have a very deep roster of, of impressive talent and you've been working a while on this, uh, on, on getting this stuff together. It, it didn't just come together in the last six months. You you guys have been working on this project for over a year. For yeah, about almost two years. We found it about two years ago and started working right away in stealth mode. And I've been moving along. At some point, I, I read on Twitter that Mike Diodato was considering doing more creator-owned. So I immediately called him. I said, hey, Mike, guess what? <laughs> guess what I'm doing? Talk to me. Talk to me. We spoke. We spoke about some things. And then at one point, I sent him the script for Bad Mother, thinking I'm crazy. How would the artist of Avengers and Wolverine and Hulk draw a book about a suburban soccer mom? But I thought, you know what? I think he'll see the story. I sent it to him. He read it. He said, oh, my God, I love it. It's the greatest crime story. I've got to do this. And my heart melted. <laughs> and the work he's doing in this book is just career work. It's amazing. It was fun because I, I knew, you know, I know Bill Jemis, who's, you know, with you guys. And uh, I knew that you guys were putting this together. And I knew some of the talent that was involved. And it was funny watching, you know, some of the websites, you know, hypothesizing, oh, oh yeah person going over there oh they've got this person oh they're doing something and and it was like rumbling around for a while you guys were, were building a, a bigger you know a better boat and you 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 assembled the talent you didn't rush it out we took our time i spoke with the right people you know early on ben was one of the first writers i spoke with out of that we got devil's highway and year zero two of my favorite books you know so, right so, yeah so tell us about those books. We, we, already, we already had the pitches down and we're nailing them. So Devil's Highway, it, it, Brent and Ben are working on that book. So, you know, tell us about that book, Ben, Brent. Devil's Highway is the story of Sharon Harrow. And she is a troubled woman with a haunted past who comes home one Christmas to discover that her father has been murdered. And... As she begins to pursue the case, she's led into the underworld of trucking and begins to understand that this one case is part of a larger pattern. So Brent and I, every year before a Comic-Con in Minneapolis, we usually have a, a big breakfast at this place called Keys Cafe. Yep. And uh, so we sat down for breakfast prior to heading off to the con and, and started breaking bread and talking ideas. And, you know, I'd been inspired to, to look into trucking for some time. And I'm not just talking about my love of over-the-top 
<laughs> talking about right. some investigation I've done into <laughs> Miley Face Killer. Is it is it your love of every which way but loose? <laughs> we need or, to put in the ring in the second season of. You do not want to be on our text chain as Ben does research for this book. Yeah, really. These news stories about horrible things going on around the world. He just sent me one the other day. It was like yeah. hanging out at a barbecue, and uh, it was like, oh God, this is horrible. And he's like, uh, it was directly from him. And I'm like, yep, we'll have to, we'll have to plot that one in. <laughs> And, and and on average, how many of those begin with the word Florida man? Oh, almost every one of them. <laughs> yes! We're speeding up the wood! We are up Look, you're both in Minneapolis. You guys are giving us a run for the money right now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> true. It's true, yeah. <laughs> I assume that you guys knew each other before working on this project, both being from Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, we're buddies. So it's been great to collaborate together. Yeah, we were uh, met at a convention. We were set set up next to each other. Ben was working on DC stuff, and I was doing some Marvel stuff. And that was just kind of kind of you know, I, I was a big fan of his, and so it was just kind of a natural thing. And that's when we were like, "Hey, let's start," you know, getting together for a beer or two. And we just we did. We met up a couple times when he came to the cities. He's in a he's a little farther out of the city, so he'd come in for a signing or something like that. And after. The signing, we'd go have a beer, and we just, you know, we, we kind of had a lot of interest. And I, I enjoyed doing my time on superhero books, but like I've always been more interested in like the crime, the powers, you know, fatal, <laughs> and everything like that. That's like stuff like that is so, where I've always kind of wanted to try doing something like that. And uh, I think Ben was itching to do something a little, you know, darker and stuff besides Green Arrow and Teen Titans and stuff like that too. So it was a it was a perfect opportunity to team up. So Axel, so with with AWA, you've got a, a bit of a mix. You've got you've got creator owned stuff going on. You've got company owned stuff going on. You have a shared universe in there. Yeah, right. So it's, it's, it's yeah. We have we have uh, we have uh, books that are creator owned, and we have shared universe books. The difference is that it's not straight work for hire. People that do books that are part of the shared universe have equity in the characters they create. They're not just straight work for hire. They have a stake in what they create. So if something big, if, if that character goes on to become part of something bigger, they get they get a cut. You understand? So they have a piece of it. They're not yes. just waiting and hoping that someone will be nice to them when the movie comes out. You know? Right. It's their own writing. It's their own writing. So people that work in the shared universe, but they also get the benefits of shared universe, which means that you're not on your own. If you create a character, that character gets elevated by other characters and other books. You get to be a part of a, a universe that Straczynski and Ennis and Ben Percy and other people are created. So, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to be a part of a team. When I was at Vertigo, I kept wondering, imagine if you're reading Preacher, and one day J.C. Custer's at a bar. You look down the bar, and there's Spider-Jerusalem of Transmit. People would freak out. And Constantine on the other side. Exactly, exactly. So we've got the latitude to do that now with what we're doing. Yeah, We're creating a universe. Many books you'll know right away. They're part of the shared universe right away. Other books will sneak up on you. It won't be immediately apparent. It will come apparent down the road with clues. And some of them are not at all. The Devil's Highway is not a part of the shared universe. That's in its own world. It exists in its own ecosystem. All right. So what about Year Zero? Well, Year Zero is an interesting thing because Year Zero is one where I can't imagine a world in which we would not send Bad Mother to Year Zero <laughs> or Shannon Hera to Year Zero. I can't imagine we won't want to do that. 
You understand? I do already. <laughs> I'd love to see how the resistance fares in year zero. Why not? There's nothing saying we can't do that. Five uh, girls go to year zero, you know? <clears throat> Get some I, year zero ass, but zombie ass, you know? We a lot of fun. I, I have to get I have to give credit to uh year zero. I really had thought, oh, zombies, okay. All right, maybe they've got a new angle, but Mia Culpa, you, you found a really good angle. I really enjoy the 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 perspective of just the person involved and the snippets of the infected. And I really appreciate the very, very, very slow burn. I'm a big fan of slow burn. I'm a big fan of uh, letting things build up, build up. And I fell in love with the term Garage Mahal. <laughs> 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 that you had my attention, you, you had my interest, and now you, that series has my attention. We had a lot of fun putting that together, and quite frankly, I was counting on that kind of reaction. People go, "Oh, yawn, zombies!" I'm a zombaholic. I'll never get tired of zombies. They're not the they're not the story. They're just the the, the the complication. Yes. And what we did when we talked about this book in the beginning, it clicked immediately with me and Ben about how to do it. We're like, let's not show a fucking zombie in the first issue. Mm-mm. Let's not do it. Down. No zombies on the cover. You know, just let it sneak up on people. And then and then Ben came up with the five characters and their world. We talked about, we want this to be a book about how do you respond to the world ending when you're a Catholic boy in Mexico, an atheist in Minnesota, a Buddhist in Japan, a Muslim in Afghanistan. What do you say to God, your God, when he's fucked you like this? You know, what do you say? How do you how do you react? Well, so it's we, a very deep book, very deep book. And Ramon Rosanos is an amazing artist. Or I think a lot of people are, are uh, asking that question in the last few months themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So it, it, it's resonant. And the design of the book too is interesting in that you know we, if you think about these times as fractured, the aesthetic of the story is representative of that. You have a fractured narrative, right? The the world is splintered. And so you have all of these different stories that are exploring different responses to the world ending and beginning at once. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's and it's you found a very good balance too. Whenever I see that type of storytelling before, it the 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 balance always seems a little off. They focus too much maybe on one character, or they fall in love with a plot. But again, the pacing is is very equal, and again, it, it pulls you in, and it, it keeps you there. It's kept me there the, the whole time since I discovered it a while ago, so again. two comics are impatient, right? And that's the nature of the market. You you know, you want people to come back in a month. That's a long time to wait. You wouldn't wait for your show, your favorite show, if it was a month apart. So big two comics tend to, like, cram everything in yes. and not, you know, as much as I love them, they don't have a lot of room for the slow burn. I mean, but I yeah. really, you know, I would rather the pot simmer before it boils. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. And actually Devil's Highway and Year Zero. And you're and you're working with, you know, on on uh, on Year Zero, you're working with a talented artist, Ramon Rosanas. And uh it, it it really works with the story. Yeah, you know, he's wow. such a precise artist and he took that 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 technical approach to every environment that he's trying to represent. So you can trust Ramon to do an incredible amount of research into Tokyo, into Mexico City, into uh, Kabul. He he tries, you know, not just to capture what the environment looks like, but also the custom, 
A major factor in deciding to approach him to do this was the fact that he creates real environments. Mm -hmm. He doesn't skimp on backgrounds. He, you know where you are in the story. That's something my dear daughter does as well. You know where you are. You yes. always know where you are. You always know you've left one environment for another. If it's humid, you feel humid. If it's freezing, you're freezing. So we wanted that uh, character work. I was in love with uh, first issue of year zero. The the page that caught my attention was the one with thin panels from oh, top yeah. to top. It's so hard to make make it work, and he did it beautifully. His narrative is amazing. He's an incredible storyteller. I, I became a fan after issue one. Very much so. Very much so. No, I was going to say. So, Mike, you, you, um, your book, The Resistance, is out. <laughs> and uh, speaking of incredible artists, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. How'd this come about? After I, I was supposed to uh, first uh, uh, Bad Mother, but then Axel, hey, wanna do this first? <laughs> And then, oh, I'm so excited. Let me see. Wow. So when I saw it was uh, uh, Straczynski, then, uh, okay, okay, let me do it. And it's fantastic. I, I remember uh, reading one of the scenes of first issue, the one with the father and the, the mother in the hospital with the daughter. Yeah. And I almost cried just reading for my, my wife. He puts a lot of emotion in every scene. And it's fantastic. So uh, I'm very excited. I already finished all the issues, but it was it was great work with with this book. And and you worked with Straczynski before on Spider Man. Yeah, in the in Dream Police too. So you got you clearly you guys are a good team. So yeah, yeah. I never spoke directly with uh, Straczynski except for two or one or two emails. So, but. Uh, it, it was not necessary. The script is, it's all there. I just have to follow what he's saying and it works. Oh, if you didn't like what you were doing, you'd hear about it. I wanted the book to be big. I had already gotten Mike to commit to Bad Mother when it hit me in the middle of the night. You know what? Mike is so quick. Maybe I should see if he wants to do the resistance first. So I called him. I sent him the script. He loved it. And, we, and you're going to launch a first issue, whether it's Wolverine or Batman or Resistance. One of the first people you want on your team is Mike Diodato to make, to make noise, to get noticed, and to give the story scope. I mean, even the first page, when the first page came in, that shows the Earth, just Earth from outer space. It looked better than I ever could have visualized in my brain. So, again, we, it's a big hit. We've had a wonderful response to the book. Um, and it's the most important book we published because it is the origin story for our shared universe. Mm. This is where it all begins. Everything begins there. Right. The origin of our universe happens here in this book. So anything that grows out into the shared universe starts in this book and refers back to this book and the mythology that's going to be outlined over time. Just so you know, Straczynski's already written a sequel. Not a sequel. The volume two is already written the first three issues of volume two. As Ben Purst has already written the first, the second volume for Year Zero. They were already underway. People ask, why are you monthly? Are you monthlies? No, we're not monthlies. We're regularly shipping series. And we will always ship on time. We'll always have one artist. Because we won't solicit until we're ready. And we know it's going to come out on time. 
You understand? So that's the goal. The goal is that. So we have another artist, not yet announced, working on, on volume two of Year Zero, and a different artist working on Resistance volume two. They're both working. They're not announced yet, but they're underway. They're rolling, and they'll be, we'll, we'll announce them when we've got enough in the can that we know we're going to ship on time. Natalie uh, has a question. She uh, wants to know if there's going to be some, uh, if you're going to collect everything in collector trades in the future. Yes. Our first five trades come out in October. The Resistance Volume 1 uh, is in the first round. Hotel Volume 1, Red Border Volume 1, Archangel 8 Volume 1, and um, what's the last one? Um, I think Year Zero is in the first batch, right? Year Zero is in the first batch as well. So five trades are coming out in October, and then a few months later, the next round of trades come out. So you guys launched. You you spent some time going to shows. You went out there. You gave away this book, Upshot Now, which was a, a a nice black and white kind of a trade collection of a bunch of like you know bits of the stories. Went out, did all the legwork, and then launched right in the beginning of the yeah, pandemic. Yeah. It was Bill's I, idea to do Upshot Now. One of the things, if you recall. When Bill was editor, was president at Marvel, one of the things he did was he took Marvel out of the previews catalog and he created Marvel's own catalog. Mm-hmm. So he could showcase our books at the time in full color as much as we wanted. So we thought, why don't we do it here? We're a little upstart publisher. We've got, when people see the art by Diodato and Cho and Schoonover and they see the, the top lineup, they're going to know we're for real. So let's go out there. Let's show. Let's let retailers see the books in advance. They can read it. They can see how good it is. They can make informed decisions about how they order. If you read the Resistance Number One in black and white and you like it, you can you can have a you can take a leap of faith that maybe I can move this item on my on my shelf. I think it was a great idea. I mean, it's as you know, I've I've been a retailer before. Patty and I both have worked in comic stores in our lives and and uh, managed them and. And it's really hard for a retailer to know what, what's coming out. What are you going to take a shot with? Especially, you know, when the uh, the the racks are flooded with product, I yeah, mean, flooded. And so you're trying to figure out how I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to support a new thing. But to see it, to go, okay, this gives me a good idea. Moving forward, we're going to make available to retailers full color previews as as a PDF of all of the books. So if you want to read Five Girls Number One. Or five calls number two, or your zero number one, your zero volume two number one. You can have a full color lettered preview in advance to read, to have a hunt, to get a sense of how good it is. You know. So we want you guys not to be ordering blind. Because look, I edited, at Mar- I was editor at Marvel. I know you got to pick between your zero and Deadpool sometimes. You know, am I going to order more Deadpool or your zero? Well, maybe not even Deadpool, but you're gonna or- you're gonna choose between Year Zero and Hawkeye Freefall. Like sure. one of the lower selling titles, yeah, yeah, and and uh, and and that's where you're going to make your decision. Do I, what do I do? Do I take a couple of, you know, do I take a risk on a book? And exactly. uh, and that's what you're really good. We want we want to build confidence with retailers that we're doing is a cut above, that the talent is a cut above, that the books tell a story you want to read, that they're not esoteric or avant garde, they're they're commercial, with a twist. You follow me? John, when I was at, when I was at Vertigo. My goal was to make indie books that felt like blockbuster movies. You know, indie books that felt like a crime thriller or, or spaghetti western or horror book or espionage. At Marvel, it's like, let's do superhero comic books that have an indie feel. You know, Ecstatics by Milligan and Allred. 
Banner by Azrael Aaron Corbin. You get the gist? Let's mm -hmm. look at these characters from a different angle. So what we're doing now is we have no rules. Just great talent that have got uh, they've got freedom. And our, our business philosophy is that we're, we want to make sure that people can bet on themselves doing an original story without having to put it on the line. If you're going to do creator-owned, you're going to get paid doing the creator-owned. You're getting paid is not contingent upon how well you sell. We'll take that risk for you. We'll take the risk for you. We'll back you because we believe in the story, because we believe in our instincts to tell a good story. I believe that Devil's Highway, when it's a trade, is going to be a perennial bestseller. Because when you read a comic book, you only get the first chapter. You won't know how good Devil's Highway is until you finished it. Do it for your zero. When it's a trade, that year zero, I, I'm very confident year zero will go into how many printings, let alone the resistance, which is the most commercial book we're putting out. You know, I'm very confident that we're going to you know, get create trades that like like the Preacher trades or the 100 Bullets trades. Or when Bill was at Marvel, he instituted the Marvel trades. There was no trade program, as we call it. Well, the, well, you and Bill, th this is an interesting mix, right? Like you and Bill are two very unique individuals. And the idea of the two of you being together, I mean, you you were in Vertigo at the time of the great creativity, you know, the height of Vertigo. I mean, you, you come in in 94 and Vertigo, that's 94, 95. That's when Vertigo's firing on all cylinders, You've got, you know, creator-owned stuff. You, you're used to working with creators. You, you guys were the first to, like, really, the tr you know, writing for the trade. You know, back then, I remember those early collections. It was all about that. My, my love is for, I love creator-owned. Most of the books I read as a civilian are creator-owned. I'm more interested in new stories featuring new stuff, new ideas, new characters. And I love the idea that all of us go to work looking at a blank canvas. There's no rules. The and, only rules are the ones we put on ourselves. Right, and Bill is very well known for having no rules. And Bill can be a controversial figure. And 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 I say this as, as, as a friend of Bill's, and I love Bill. Bill makes decisions that sometimes are some of the wildest, craziest things. He'll throw ideas at a, at a wall, but he's doing it because he wants to break the rule book. He wants to try things that may not have been tried or had been tried before that. I, I work with Bill Brothers, so I know what you're talking about. When I was at Marvel, Bill fired me twice. Ah. Fired me the next morning. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Twice he, fi he fired me. One time I left saying, fuck you, fuck you. I don't ever want to work here. This is the fuck that you have. Next morning I'm back. <laughs> so, yeah. He's uh, afraid of controversy. No, he's not afraid of controversy at all. No, and and and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when you're launching a new thing. And, and Bill had tried launching something before with Double Take. Well, you know the take two stuff and the the difference between then and now is when he did that he didn't have the talent he didn't have a strong editorial leader such as yourself to really you know push the push the creative side and who had all the context i mean just look at the three guys that are on screen with us you know you worked with all these guys at marvel you've worked with you know everybody you know for the last 20 something years and you know everyone you have these connections so this is yeah, it's pretty interesting. Thank um, you. I like our odds. I like our odds. I'm very proud of all the books that we've done so far. Very <clears> proud. <throat> all the books I've done so far are books I would give to friends to read. You know, because they're accessible and they're different and they stand in genres. So yeah, there's there's an energy to your brand that you're building that I haven't felt 
since the heyday of first comics in the mid eighties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which was, uh, there's a dead so deal that they just like this, there were guys that were, they were doing solid work in the superhero genres for the big two. And they had an opportunity to go off and do their own things. And it wasn't just, Hey, my own superhero knockoff is the two. They yeah. were all I mean, shake, shaking on American flag, uh, you know, like Grell uh, uh, doing John Sable. And yeah, it's, yeah. You're really curating. I I feel I I feel like all the creators are really doing something that they know they could not do at the big two. Well, the distinction is curating, and also, many of the books I did in the beginning I had to do in stealth mode, you know. And there were major moments like when I got Straczynski involved, or when Diodato did that Twitter about creator owned, and I leapt on on the opportunity. There were big moments. There were big moments as well when I got Percy interested in Year Zero, and when I read Dell's Highway and said. I'm in. I'm in. Maybe it played a role in him writing Wolverine, even. Who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, so, again, the thing is that, you know, it was it's important to curate and to and to have a, a vibe to your line. So John Christopher wants to know if uh, Resistance Reborns will be in the trade, the web stuff. Resistance Reborns will be collected at <laughs> some point. It's not likely it will be in the first trade. It's better fit with the second trade. Yeah. Because many of the characters you see in the Reborn, Reborns will show up in, in the second volume. And in fact, many of the characters that are introduced in the first issue of, of Resistance will be seen again. So keep keep a, an eye on that issue as a collector's item. <laughs> cool. So Brent. Yeah. Other than the book you're working on, what's your favorite book that AWA is putting out? Uh, old Haunts. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Old Haunts. Yeah, hold on. Uh, that one, Rob and I worked on Suicide Squad together for a little bit towards the end of his run. And that book, I just read it and it was like everything I wanted. It, it was crime, ghosts. It just, it's just, uh, it's a really slick package. It's beautifully done. I, it was the first actually full complete AWA book I read. And I was like, shit, we got to really work. If this is the benchmark, like this is going to be great. And so, and then I read Resistance, and I've I've loved them all so far. Michael Morenci's Archangel Eight is great. Uh, we, I've been friends with him for a long time, and uh, I, I, the same with um, harping back to Year Zero, like you said. When I heard a zombie book, I was like, "Well, I'm going to give it a try because obviously Ben's writing, and I think he'll have a unique take on a zombie book." But I didn't know how good that book was going to be. I loved the first issue, and I just read the second issue on vacation and uh it's it's awesome so yeah almost everything i've read has just been fantastic but uh, old haunts when i first read it i was like these these guys aren't messing around they're gonna make really good books and i know it, i think it's kind of been said before but to me all of it feels like the vertigo book that i was reading when i was younger and i feel like that has definitely been a hole missing in the in comics right now i definitely feel like there's a want and need for some of these more mature content books and stuff like that at a high quality. And I think they're hitting it really good. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a crying shame. I mean, after you left Vertigo, Axel, it just, I guess Warners didn't want to do the creator on stuff anymore. They kind of walked back on, on, on some of the great stuff, but I mean, that stuff is, you know, some of that, the, that, the highlights of, um, of creativity in, in this industry, you know, the preacher goddess, you know, all you know, all those yeah. all those books that were coming out at that time. A lot, a lot of the talented Vertigo ended up migrating to Marvel as well. Guys like yeah. Garth Ennis and Peter Milligan and people like that ended up migrating to Marvel during that that uh, early days of New Marvel. You know, when the Hustle Takeover, 
when yeah. the stock price was dollar fifty three, and everyone thought we were going to go away. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, Mike, what is your uh, favorite book to look at that AWA is putting out? Is it uh, Will's book, Red Border? Well, it's uh, actually uh, Year Zero. I love it, the first issue. Second one would be Grendel. Because uh, I, I did the over, so I had the chance to read the whole whole issue. Th- these are the only ones I read so far. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so hey, busy. Mike, we're gonna, Mike, we're going to fix that, okay? We're going to get you a bunch of bucks as a PDF, all right? Okay. But so I had the chance to read uh, Grendel, and the art in the story is so great. I actually feel a little in, in, felt a little embarrassed about my drawings after I saw uh, Tom, Tommy Lee, Tommy, 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 Tommy yeah. Lee, yeah. So great, so natural. The colors, oh my god! Mm. So, uh, but year zero, year zero was also fantastic. That's, that's Grendel, Kentucky. Yeah, yes. That's not out yet, There's right? A story in the Hollywood Reporter today about it as well. There's a story on Grendel, Kentucky, in the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. That book looks gorgeous uh, from what I've seen of it. He's amazing. He's amazing, you know, because McComsey had pitched I do Grendel in the hills of Kentucky, and I loved it. We talked about it. We we're beating it up, working and plotting it out. When I got this idea, I hung out with Tommy Lee, and I'm like, oh my God, I'll bet that Tommy Lee would like this. So I reached out. And the moment he got on board, it was like, it's like he came in and poured Jack Daniels all over it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> became a completely different book. Yeah, it changed. It became total grindhouse. And he influenced the story in a major way. Cool. But it's, 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 it's a pop boiler. I mean, it's, it's, it's a grindhouse thriller about a... Our, our Beowulf is a uh, biker chick. She and her Becker gang have to come back to the town she grew up in to avenge the death of her dad, who was found ripped to pieces outside of an abandoned mine. She has to go back to, con- to, f- to confront the monster from her past. So it's a wonderful story. And it, it's, evo- it's, 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 it's an update of, of Grendel uh, as a bottle of Jack Daniels. Beowulf <laughs> <laughs> uh, through a bottle of Jack. I liked it. Exactly. Ben, what about you? I mean, I'd echo some of the titles that have already been mentioned, like Old Haunts and The Resistance. And uh, I want to read. Grendel, Kentucky, because it's one of those premises that makes me jealous to hear about the updated version of Beowulf. But the the one that hasn't been mentioned that I've enjoyed quite a lot is Hotel, which is just a, you know, a very upsetting horror title set in a, you know, that's a closed set scenario all taking place in this hotel. So uh, if you're if you're in the mood to put some poison in your eye, check that one out. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's an instance too where I had my eye towards finding new talent I saw a little book called Sink by John Lees I thought it was wonderful flawed but wonderful I called him up we spoke we hit it off and then essentially he pitched me a few things he was an idea factory he pitched me something there was a baby in the bathwater. we spoke about it and that became Hotel and it's an anthology story. It's like Black Mirror. It's an anthology story, interlinked stories, all told in ones, interlinked at this one hotel. It's a hotel you go to to f- make your last stand with the demons that haunt you. Mm. You go there, you fight the demon that's haunting you, and either you win and you check out, or you don't. And they're all very different stories. And Each it's, one is it's, self-contained, but they all interlink. And it, it's an intense book. Yeah. Gory. I enjoyed the first issue a lot. It's gory. Thanks. Yeah. That's an instance where we, I wasn't going with superstar talent, but I was going with talent 
that are emerging that I'm very confident are going to be amazing down the road. You've been at the editorial game for so long, and yeah, I think you've you've definitely got the eye, and it definitely proves here with uh, what you're accomplishing. So hats off to you. So Ben, yeah, if this stuff doesn't work out, radio. <laughs> you think my voice is deep now? You should have heard me before I got a vasectomy. <laughs> Dulce, my associate editor, called you today and spoke with you, and she texted me afterwards. She said, "Oh my God, Ben's voice." <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, Devil's Highway, you're you're going you're going into the underground side of the trucking industry. This is correct, right? Yeah, yeah which 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 I, I I've I've been aware for a long time. There's a lot of nasty crap in that in that subculture and everything else too. But a lot of people don't. We still have a romanticized version of truckers going back from smoking the Bandit, BJ and the Bear, and all that other stuff. But uh, looks like you're really you're really gonna like like pry open the can a little bit in this series. Yeah, the the FBI says that if there was an ideal profession for a serial killer, it would be long haul truck because of their anonymity, because of their transport across state lines, because of their exposure to vulnerable populations, and they currently believe that about a dozen serial killers are operating as semi drivers right now in this country, and they are an invisible culture. It's all around us. They're hidden in yeah. sight. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's been represented often in any form of storytelling. And been a lot of fun, you know, growling along these uh, dark highways with Brent. And one of the things I wanted to talk about, you know, we were talking about form before. How Year Zero, for instance, has sort of a fractured form. One of the things that Brent brought to the table right away was his desire to make the story contained within a grid. I was wondering if you wanted to talk about a little bit about that, and, you know, yeah. the style brought to it. It's it's kind of was just looking for a challenge, challenge for myself to you know I it was like we could do this open panels and you know be flashy with it and stuff like that, but I kind of felt like the story needed something a little different, and so I proposed this grid system. It's it's like a nine panel grid, but you can kind of break that out. You can do one panel. It's three tiers, but you can kind of maneuver it. And it when you put all the pages together and stakes too true to this grid, it's kind of fun to look because it almost looks like a map, you know, like a highway map. And it's I also like- noting that um, Year Zero, I'm sorry, Devil's Highway, the first series one through five, is a is a, <clears throat> a contained series. But I really do view it as season one. Yeah. Yeah. It tells a full story, a full adventure, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. There's resolution to the foreground story. But there's also questions raised, complications raised toward the end of the story that means that there's still shit to be dealt with. And there's still stuff out there to be dealt with. And the implication is that Shannon's job is not done yet. You understand? Mm-hmm. Or let's put it this way. Some, someone might not be done with Shannon yet. <laughs> but by the time she's done with what she does. Yeah. So the goal here is that people will enjoy Devil's Harry enough, will do a collection and come back with a second season. You know, this is true of many of the books we're doing. Archangel 8 is the same thing. Archangel 8 tells a fully contained story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. But it's meant to be season one. There's plenty more stories to be told after that story is done, featuring that character and the people you meet along the way. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to keep drawing this character. I think, I think we could do a lot of fun with things with her, and me and Ben have had ideas for 
future things and characters to be introduced. And uh, we're hoping that, you know, people take this ride and want to keep going with us because we're having a yeah. lot of fun doing it. I like the fact that she she backs up everything that, that she's done that I've seen so far in the sense that, okay, we've seen tough girls as it is, but she walks in and again, you've given her a great, gra- you've conveyed gravitas to her. You know, she's coming into town to seeing the standoff at the police station and hey, remember who did this to you at high school? Okay, yeah, 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 sure. I remember the time, you know, and it and yeah, no, she she's intriguing and I'm interested to see you guys uh, flesh her out in future opportunities. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a story that every single issue has kind of a you know, a neck breaking reversal in it. So you think the story's going one way and then we take a hard left turn and it's, you know, I actually was saying earlier, I'd give this to my friends. You know, it depends on what friends. <laughs> you don't want to give it to like, yeah. your, your elderly neighbor or yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, your, your, your nephew or something like that. Like this, the story, we, we were able to, to push the limits of sort of what, you know, we, things we wouldn't be allowed to do in the big two. This is very sure. much like a gritty HBO yeah. series, if you think yeah. about it that way. Yeah, I've had to do a lot of social media response to friends from my hometown are like, oh my goodness, my kid really loved your Ant-Man run. I can't wait to show him this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> not <laughs> right. It's a very different kind of book for you, Brent. I mean, you yeah. know, man, you know, the, the, the wrestling stuff, you know, Batman, the yeah. Batman 66 stuff. This is, you know, a very different, you know, type of a story for... Yeah, and it's one I've been itching to do for a long time. I mean, I think... You kind of have your bucket list things you want to do, you know, in comics. And I've been lucky to do a lot of them, but I've always been looking for someone. You you shifted your style, too, if you recall, dating back to the day when the first pages came in. We spoke at a long, hard talk. We did. Because you were still drawing on your old style. Yep. But what happened is it clicked. Yeah. You you stripped it down. You changed. You shifted the gear. And everything clicked. Yeah. It went from here to there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Nick, Nick came in with his colors. (laughs) <laughs> give it texture and uh, depth. Yeah. yeah. The Brent and I talked about was, you know, we, we said uh, trucking hasn't really been represented often in, in storytelling. And and the same goes for all the characters in our story. Like, these are working class characters, every one of them. There's no billionaire playboys in this. Mm-hmm. These are ordinary people living ordinary lives and something extraordinary, you know, intrudes upon them. And the setting... It's, you know, the backdrop is the north, uh, Wisconsin and Minnesota and parts of Iowa and Illinois during the winter. So the setting itself, underrepresented in film and television and novels and comics, you know, it comes yeah. to life as a character of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like the diner in the beginning with this legendary hot, legendary <laughs> tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> That's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> I just had someone on Twitter ask me where where they could get those legendary tater tots, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's like 30 places on the highway. I go to back down to my parents. They all have the best tater tots. I'm like, just pick one. <laughs> just come, just go on the road and you'll find one. So, yeah. Mike, tater tots are potatoes shredded in little cube form. <laughs> just in case, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> They probably call him something else. <laughs> it would take Mike all of five seconds to kill me in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bigger than him. 
so Brent, I think apparently it was Natalie that uh, that tweeted at you. Yes. Uh, your thoughts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> she, just, uh, she just added out of herself. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, I did send her a recipe. I'm like, here you go. Good. Good. So, how did all you guys meet Axel for the first time? What was when did they come into your life, Axel? Me, it was actually I was already at Marvel, and then Axel came in. I was coming back to Marvel because I, uh, at the end of the 90s, uh, nobody wants, wanted to work with me again because I was doing a terrible job. And then I was recovering my place at Marvel step by step. I had done a story for uh, Witches, which which my my other boss, Bill Jimas, <laughs> put it away. Oh, I'm not going to do that. It's so bad. And uh, then I did uh, four issues of Tigra. Uh, and then finally, Axel, hey, do we want to do Hulk with me? And then, oh, of course. And then, and that was it. I, I have been working with Axel for uh, since 2000. And yeah, like the, we both had afros at the time. It was amazing. I think I only met Axel twice in my life, but I feel like he's one of my best friends in business <laughs> and out of business. So uh, I, I was, trust. I looked at Mike's work and I was thinking, why the hell isn't this guy drawing the Avengers and Wolverine? Right. But I wasn't editing Avengers and Wolverine. But I was editing Hulk. <laughs> so I called him up and then we talked about a, a, n- a number of things, including Richard Corbin, I recall. And then that's when he started to lay, he started to lay down the deep blacks. And it just, it was amazing. The pages came to life with these deep, rich blacks. Mm-hmm. His run on, on Hulk was amazing. I still remember the page when Bruce Banner's walking, the, the big pants. Yeah. And then, because he's, if you're Bruce Banner and you can turn into Hulk, you better wear pants that are oversized or they're going to rip off. He's walking yeah. big pants, and then he turns into the Hulk, and they fit him. But he drew him. He drew him. It was amazing. It was funny, hilarious, and pathos. Yeah. I didn't get the joke back then, and I was fighting Axel. Why he's walking like a, a clown here? I wanted to, and then no, that's exactly this the thing we want. The... <laughs> and I, okay, I'll trust you. Now I understand. But back then, I just wanted to draw big stuff. <laughs> well, the last time I worked with Mike was on Old Man Logan for a while. You came over and did an amazing run on Old Man Logan. Yeah, I, I love it. An, an opening scene in a diner, in the diner, was amazing. That's the last book I directly edited with you. There's an amazing scene in, the, in a diner where Logan goes in and realizes something's up, something's wrong. He sees clues in the room that something's wrong, and he's right. And Mike, the way he laid out the page, it was amazing work. That was in my brain when I called him for resistance and bad mother. I thought, if you can do that subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben and I met when uh, we were talking about doing a podcast for Wolverine. And we had a lot of candidates, a lot of people. And Ben's pitches were just so far and above better than anyone else's. It was amazing. And he had the, he pitched the idea of doing a story of, of, of Logan and Alaska. And I, at one point when I was younger, I was an Alaskan fisherman. So I know that world very oh, well. well. So the thing is, when I read it, I'm saying, oh, my God, I'd love to see him in that world. Did you do one of those Alaskan fishing boat things for a few months to make the money? Yeah. Yeah. I was one of the few people that actually got work. Most people don't get work. They come back broke. But I got work. 
because I had a really long beard. So I like that. So yeah, <laughs> but um, but but Ben wrote that that podcast and it was amazing. I have to say that was a that was a career changer for me doing that podcast. You know, it's since been listened to by millions of people. It's gotten me all sorts of other work, and I wouldn't be writing Wolverine the mainline series if not for that. Yeah. And no joke, at that point I was saying this guy should be writing Wolverine. <laughs> but they didn't hire him to write Wolverine t- until I was gone. <laughs> exactly. They said, "Ah, finally Axel's gone. Hire, hire, hire Ben." He should be doing it. Wolverine twice. <laughs> well, iHeartRadio certainly agreed. You got the uh, podcast of the year that year, didn't you? Yeah, I won one for best scripted podcast. So mm-hmm. very cool. I'm still, still going strong in that podcast universe. More to come. Mm. That's that's another new breakthrough. The uh, bringing back the uh, the radio play style formats. And uh, right now, you can't shoot movies, but you can record podcasts. Yep. Podcast and animation. That's that's what you got right now. Yeah. Yep. A lot of things. We're lucky. We can keep doing our jobs. We yeah. Can, we can work remote and get things done. And comics. Yeah. Yeah. Com- yeah. Yeah. It's a bit harder. It's a bit inconvenient. But again. Well, there's also, I mean, you know, digital. You you guys are working very hard on your digital presence as well. I mean, you're putting up stories yeah. online in chapters. Yeah, we had to get them out there because we, we launched into a pandemic and we're like, hey, we want people to know we're here. Let's yeah. show it to people for free. The good news is it didn't hurt our sales because our sale, all of our books came in over budget. So we're very happy with the return. We're off to a very good start. Our, 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 our investors are very happy with the progress we've made, and our trades haven't come out. When our trades come out in October, that's going to be a game changer for us as well. You know? So. And, and Brent. We haven't seen books like Fight Girls and Bad Mother yet. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brent, how did you guys connect? Uh, you know, I mean, I'd worked at, uh, with Marvel for a while, but me and Axel had never really conversed in my time when I was there. And then it wasn't really until me and Ben started pitching uh devil's highway and so um, i think he was axel was familiar with me but i don't think we could have a relationship and then he he took me out to a steak dinner last october and it was the best steak dinner i ever had so i was like not too shabby so (laughs) it was it was awesome so but uh you know it's been great getting to know him i i still tell this story to a lot of my friends i was like shortly after devil's highway we started it axel just called me out of the blue and he just it was like a hype man. He just gave me this amazing hype speech about the book and how he wants to be the book people know me about. And he just hung up. And I just like my wife came in my studio and she's like, what was that all about? And I was like, I don't even know, but I feel like a million bucks and like I'm ready. to <laughs> And so he's been my favorite editor and stuff that I've worked with since he's not easy. He's not hard. But he pushes you. He wants the best book. And, uh, I think we got out uh, the best we got out of the first book because of him, and so I'm I'm excited to work with him again. And uh, yeah, so I, I um, I'm a bit of an asshole, but I mean well. No, I, I, <laughs> I like that. I, I like the passion to come out. I've had, I mean, sometimes with books, if they become so intense about just getting it out on time that the only thing that editors really asking you is where you're at, where you're at, you know, and you're not really talking about. Was when the first art came in, I was like, Brent, you can do better. Yeah. You can do better. We can do it. We did getting mad at me. He said, I know I can. I said, yeah. I'm here. You're still in the mode of drawing a Marvel comic book. You can't be. And he shifted a gear and the work just took off. Yeah. 
Well, it, it sounds like, Axel, you are an editor who actually edits. Which I know, which I've heard from, especially again from the big two, I have heard that's a bit of a lost thing. Where there was, a, in the old days, editors and talent were very hands-on and, and have a good rapport and go back and forth. Yeah. And now I just hear, yeah, like you said, oh, is it ready? It's okay. Hey, let's talk about the plot. Oh, I hired you. Just go ahead and do it. My job's done, you know, but it seems like yeah, are you are very hands-on. You know, I grew up worshiping Archie Goodwin. We didn't do it, do it like that. You're one of the great editors. The greatest uh, editors of all time. As uh, my, my, Mike Zek told me about him once, he said, uh, no finer writer, no finer editor, no finer men. Yep, he was a, an amazing guy. Amazing guy. You know, 18 years at Marvel. It, it's got to, you know, it's, it's, you had to shift gears. You know, just like you talked to Brent about shifting gears with his art, you had to shift gears, you know, going yeah. from that Marvel, you know, 18 years at Marvel. That's a long time to be doing a thing. And then to come right off of Marvel and jump into this, I'm sure you had to shift perspective as well. Yeah. What's good about this job for me is that it combines the best aspects of working for Vertigo and Marvel. Because I get to do creator-owned. I get to do books that are all new and all original. I'm not just a caretaker of other people's cop characters. You know? We're yeah. creating stuff from scratch. We've all got a stake in it. And I mean an emotional stake as much as a financial. We've got an emotional stake in what we create. But the thing is that also, like at Marvel, the good thing about Marvel is you created a community of people that work together as a team. You're not just off in your silo working with your your team with, with, with your a writer and artist all alone. You have the benefit of other people. I can take a script and show it to Garth Ennis and say, dude, tell me, I think there's a problem with it. Let me know your thoughts. You know, that kind of thing. I can go to Ben Percy. Can you read this? I'm not sure he's nailed this character. And people do it because we're part of a team. We're not just, we're not competing against one another. We're building a line and building a universe. Yeah. I've loved the way that the creators are excited to see the, the people doing old haunts, celebrating Devil's Highway. Yeah. You know, Mike Diodato retweets everything we do. Bigger cheerleader for our company and what we're doing, you know, for imprint, for a publisher. Well, and it's got to feel good that, you know, guys of this caliber of talent have, are taking the leap with you. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's... Yeah. Uh, you know, like, like, you know, it's, it's it, like you said earlier, this still is an indie. There's no, there's no guarantees that, you know. Well, the book that Garth Ennis is writing for us has written for us already that we did a quick sneak pre preview of Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, is the most amazing thing he's written in since, since Punisher Max. It's amazing. It is, it is twisted. It is commercial. It's fun. It's an, we haven't we haven't announced the artist yet or any details, but we will soon. When when are you uh, looking to put this out? Uh, it's still being drawn, and it's a longer arc. So I'll probably announce it in about. I'd say we'll probably announce when we're going to do it in about three to four months. Is my goal. So, but as I said, don't want to announce until we know we're going to ship on time, because I do not want retailers to order. Like with Frank Cho, I want people to know when we when we when we ship Frank Cho's Fight Girls number one. Guess what? Issue two, three, four, and five are drawn. It's done. You're not. There's not going to be a gap because it's it's done. You follow me? So that's the goal with everything, because not everyone's Mike Diodato, who draws everything on time in advance. You know. 
Well, you know, Mike and I are from the generation of of retailers during the uh, the image boom of trying to order issue seven of something, and uh, you know, and issue one hasn't even come out yet, and issue seven never yeah. came out yet. So, I, 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 issue seven? You mean issue two? Issue two, two. Yeah. No, we had to put in the orders for issue seven, but we're still waiting for Supreme number two. Oops, did I say that yeah. loud? I'm sorry, man. Still waiting for the 1963 annual, by the way. Uh, and I don't know what Mike Giordano's talking about, Mike. When you worked on Thor and Wonder Woman in the 90s, those books were yeah. very popular. You, Mike uh, is very self-critical. Your growth as an artist is amazing. Your stuff today is, is I mean, you have grown as an artist. It's very clear. But even that early stuff had such a kinetic energy. And fans, I remember having those Thors and Wonder Woman's on the shelf. And we couldn't keep them in stock. I mean, that those books were as hot as you could get, mm-hmm. and that was that's your earliest stuff, I think. Yeah, uh, I remember it. It was uh, Warren Ellis that wrote the first four four issues of Thor, and it was a whole new direction for the yeah. book. And it was great. I was very excited. The nineties, I was so impressed with Image guys, uh, uh, Jim Lee and uh, Max Silvestri. And uh, I absorbed all that energy, so I put it, that on my work. After the 90s, when I, uh, I was working too much and then uh, not so popular, I tried to do something more real. And because of my uh, my days doing all that dynam- dynamic art, I mixed it with realistic art, and then I, I, I have this style now that is... Uh, photorealistic but yet very dynamic so mm-hmm. it was a great time uh, i remember our the first time i met uh, jim shooter he said I, I can't stand to hear your name again <laughs> because it was everywhere so. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> jim shooter like i'm tired of hearing your name all over <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you're my dad. I'm tired of hearing you. Same thing with Ben. I will always remember his voice, never his face. <laughs> <laughs> and and really, you know, you, you mentioned the image guys, the the early image guys, but really image what it turned into is has been the only bastion for you know creator own, you know, big big place for creators to go to get their mm-hmm. stuff, you know, seen. So you guys are how do creating I say a new avenue. A new avenue, but yeah. it, it's been an it's, option. Yeah. Right, well, an option, but other than image, there's not really been a place for you know strong creator titles and a, and a good place. And the difference with you guys is you're not looking for the creators to take all the risk. You're taking the risk with them. Yeah, you're, you're putting up yeah. the money, you know. Yeah. Whereas image model is is a little bit more on the creator end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's uh it's been a while since there's been a a strong company to you know, to work with uh, with creators on creator-owned stuff and have this kind of deal. Like Patty was saying, first comics, you know, the Malibu stuff, there was some, uh, some creator ownership in that. But, I mean, you're talking, you know, it's been 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. So the, the, hope, the hope and the expectation is that if people are let loose, they're going to do the best work. Yeah, especially yeah. if people have a stake in it. You know, obviously, you know, if, if if Ben has a stake in something, it's, it's yeah. gonna, you know, going to want this thing to succeed. 
I know if Ben goes loose with that voice, it'd be something I definitely want to see. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we, we've kept you a little bit over time. Everybody can follow you guys. It's awstudios.net, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's awstudios.net is where, you know, you can see all the books and you can get the um, the samples. And uh, is there anything you guys want to say before we uh, before we wrap up? Thanks for chatting with us and helping us uh, get the word yeah. out of our books. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, Thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I've talked to um, I have an idea. I'll talk to you about it after I've talked to Bill about it. We have to implement it. I want to I want to be emailing first issues to our people when they uh, when they sign up for our stuff. Fantastic. And and, and, and tied in with some uh, talk with you on, offline. But uh, I think there's a way to to really get more of an audience for this stuff because the the, the biggest do. problem that we're having is in as an industry is. You know, it's, it's um, the older guys and, and and gals who are who are comic readers are aging out, and it's all about now getting new readers. And without, you know, with less stores each year, and and without you know the, uh, you know, without newsstands, and it's it's tough to get the message out. Yeah. yeah. But there is there is an audience for this stuff. People are looking for good content. We just have to get it in their hands. Yep. Absolutely. Great. So. It all it always helps, of course, when it's good content, and I think that's the important thing: is that you you guys you guys are all building really good stuff. You're you're sucking in this 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 fresh air, and when you expel it, I think I think I think if, I think if we hadn't got caught up in this this pandemic thing, uh, I think we'd be seeing most of war. So it may not be with bombast, but I I think I think you guys are gonna gonna on a really steady course. All I can say is that, look, I learned a thing or two at Vertigo, and I learned even more at Marvel. So I've been around the block in this industry. One of the things I've never, ever bought into is negativity and the people that all the naysaying about the business and the industry dying. My first week on the job at DC Comic Books, a senior editor told me, why the hell did you leave your job in journalism that was stable to come to work in a medium that's dying? And I said, you're full of shit. As long as people tell fun stories, whether it's Batman or something new, Stray Bullets or Batman, this is going to be around. People have been talking about the death of the comic book industry forever. since I was a kid. And forever. I, and forever. And and there's always the naysaying, and you've got retailers that are waiting, you know, that have their doomsday clocks that are waiting for the end, and you have, you know, yeah. uh, people in power. Also, one thing I also want to say is that a lot of retailers think that, you know, digital is going to take away business. And it's like, I don't believe that at all. Digital is a feeder system to stores, but you can't abandon the stores. But the difference is with music, all my music is on my, my iPhone. I don't need an album. I don't need an album, but I damn well need my hardcover books. There's books you have to bring home. I've got to have it on my shelf. The stuff I need is a floppy and is a hardcover. I've got books in digital and hardcover because I need them both ways. You know, there's no way anything painted by a Ribbit book it's a good book. It's not going to go up on my my bookshelf, and I believe people like me. I don't believe the naysaying that the industry is dying, and the proof is in is in the bookstores. The proof is in manga. The proof is in you know uh, the the scholastic stuff. The proof is in there are different outlets for comic style storytelling. You know the young adult graphic novel stuff. You know the um, the stuff scholastics putting out, yeah. and and you know even My Hero Academia manga is a comic book. It may not look like your traditional Spider-Man, you know, floppy, but it's a comic. So the form is still successful. It's just reaching that audience and having the 
that we're aware of that and we intend to reach that audience. We have things planned for that. Yes. Yeah, and that's that the answer. Feeder, feeder system. We right. need to get we get kids when they're young, knowing how to read comic books, caring about them, and caring about frankly, caring about more than just seeing a Spider-Man or Batman comic book because they saw a movie. We want right. to get them into other stuff. Well, the problem is, is that with the Spider-Man and the Batman movies, is they come out and people don't know that the comic books exist. We do when we do these shows, right? And our and our shows are, are we'll call them mid-sized, anywhere from you know we'll say eighteen thousand to sixty thousand people, depending on the market, and very small percentages of those people who are going to a comic con, they're coming to a comic con that is built off the the the, the bones of comic books, right? Yeah. But they they're not aware of the physical comic that yeah. are out there. They they know about the characters. They've all seen Into the Spider Verse. They've all seen they've you know Walking Dead on TV. They all you know they've seen Walking Dead on TV. Do they know it's a comic? They've seen Into the Spider Verse. They know there's a there's a comic. Yeah. And do they even know how to read a comic? And then the kids who are reading manga, well, they don't know that there's comics out there for them that are not superheroes, that are not just spandex. And, and what's yeah, yeah. about what you're doing is you're not just, you know, it's not just your typical, here's, here's a bunch of superheroes and spandex. There needs to be a mix. And the, and the, the comic industry needs more diversity in content. In content, yeah. And the biggest failure of the comic book industry is that it became more insular and more insular and more insular. And the people in the comic book industry just kept, oh, well, superheroes sell, let's sell more superheroes. You know, oh, crime books are selling 50% of superhero books. I couldn't agree with you more. Yes. Right. Crime books are selling 50% of superhero books. Let's put out more superhero books and get rid of the crime books. Well, now you got rid of those crime books, and the people reading those crime books weren't reading superhero books. So now you just lost those readers. Oh, we're doing horror books, but horror books aren't selling like superhero books. You end up with a wall of spandex. Mm -hmm. I don't just see superhero movies. Why would I want to just read superhero comic books? That's my philosophy. Right. And I don't watch just superhero TV shows. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm watching Billions. Books, yeah. Right. I'm watching Billions and I'm watching Stargirl. Two very different animals. Although I'd like to see Paul Giamatti in spandex. <laughs> well, who wouldn't? <laughs> that would be, you know. I only read superhero comic books that are written by Ben Percy. That's it. I'm not interested in anyone else. <laughs> And, and and there are great superhero books that have been done and and that are done. I, there's nothing wrong with the form, sure. but it should not be. Comic books shouldn't just be superhero like just superheroes. And and that was the beautiful thing about Vertigo. And my God, well that we did Punisher Max and Marvel. Hey, how about Garth? How about you rated as a crime book? R rated. Mm -hmm. I'll do that. Boom. And and his yeah. and his and his Nick Fury book. Yeah, same thing. My God, that Nick Fury book was. Intense. Yeah, they're not superior books. They're not superior books and they're not for kids, you know? And and that Thor book that he did. Yeah, Vikings, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was that was an intense book. But uh, but no, I'm glad to see that you guys are pushing the envelope, that you guys are bringing different, diverse voices. There's new stories, interesting stories. I mean, Ben, you're telling a story about the, the, the seedy underworld of trucking. That's great. I mean, that's what, you know, I'd watch that as a TV show. I'd watch it as a movie. I'd read that as a comic, right? I don't need somebody in spandex chasing down the the evil trucker, you know, to bring him the justice. Yeah, well, no. don't don't put down US one. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
So uh, someday, I, uh, someday I'll get a chance to pitch that revamp. But that's so all, all the success in the world. And look, if you know the the thing about the naysaying is, you know, these guys who naysay, they're cutting off their own potential yeah. success. Yeah, right. You know, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So you should want everything to succeed because the more things succeed, the better it is for everyone. And the broader your audience, yeah. So, uh, no, but you guys are coming up. Thanks a lot for having us on. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. More so, people in the future. All right. We'll Go do on. this again. Everyone, good night. Thank you for tuning in to GalaxyCon Talks Comics. We hope you'll join us again next time. And don't forget to follow us online at GalaxyCon Talks Comics.com. <laughs>